pay me off to Europe. And now that you're a graduate, you'll be off on a long holiday. It's not good like Beth, so I'm angry and I'm restless. You don't have to stay here, Joe. Why should we run off and join a pirate ship? No, no. It's no use, Joe. Please Joe, we've got to have it no, out. No, I have please. loved you ever since I've known you, Joe. I couldn't help it. And, and I tried to show and you wouldn't let me, which is fine. No. But I must make you here now and give me an answer because I cannot go on like this please, any longer. Please, please I gave don't. up billiards. I gave up everything you didn't like. I'm happy I did. It's fine. And I waited and I never complained because I... F you know, I figured you'd love me, Joe. And I realize I'm not half good enough, and I'm oh, not this great yes, man, and... Yes, you are. You're a great deal too good for me, so and, I, and I'm so grateful to you, and I'm so proud of you. And I just, I don't see why I can't love you as you want me to. I don't know why. You can't. No. I can't, I can't change how I feel, and... It will be a lie to say I do when I don't. I'm so sorry, but I just can't help it. I can't love anyone else, Joe. I only love you. Teddy, it would be a disaster if we it married, It wouldn't be a okay? disaster. We'd be miserable. Joe, I'd be a perfect thing. I can't. Thing. I can't. I've tried it, and i failed. Why does everyone I expect can't. it, then? Why does your family and my grandpa expect it? Why are you saying this? Say yes. Let's be happy together, Joe. I can't say yes truly, so I'm not going to say it at all. And you'll see that I'm right eventually, and you'll thank me for it. I would rather hang myself than realize this, Joe. Teddy. I would rather be dead. Teddy, don't say that. Teddy. Listen, you'll find some lovely, accomplished girl who will love you and adore you, and, and she's going to make a fine mistress for your fine house, but I wouldn't, all yes, right? You would, Joe. I'm, look at me. I'm homely, and I'm awkward, and I I'm on. And you'd be ashamed of I me. I love you, Joe. And we would quarrel, but you can't help it even now. I'd hate elegant society, you'd hate my scribbling, and we would be unhappy, and we'd wish we hadn't done it, and everything would be horrid. Anything more? No, nothing more. All right. Except that... Teddy, I don't believe I will ever marry. I'm happy as I am. I love my liberty too well to be in any hurry to give it up. I think you're wrong about that, Joe. No. I think you will marry, Joe. I think you'll find someone and love them, and you will live and die for them because that's your way, and you will. Now watch. One-sided love heartbreaking to watch, right? That's a clip from Little Women. Uh, some of you, I'm sure, are big fans, and my wife is. And uh, Little Women is just a story that takes place uh, in Massachusetts during the Civil War. It's four sisters and their mom, and kind of is the story of how these girls go from childhood to womanhood. The two characters in that scene, you've got Joe, who's the girl, and Laurie, who she calls Teddy, is his nickname, uh, in that clip. And so Laurie uh, was next-door neighbors with Joe. He was great friends with Joe, and turns out, now that they're adults in this clip together, Laurie opens up his heart and just tells her, comes out 
flattens, just says, I love you. I don't want to love anybody else. I love you. And yet, Joe doesn't reciprocate. Laurie experienced one-sided love. So he tells her, I gave up all this stuff. I was patient. I waited and I did all this for you. So he, he, his actions demonstrated that Laurie loved Joe. His words, he said, I love you. His affections, it was all there for her. And yet Joe did not return the love. And we get this, right? This is just a common human experience. One-sided love, un- unrequited love. So for some of us, it's romantic, but it's not necessarily just romantic relationships, but it's any relationship in which it's one-sided. So, for example, some of you, you knew the pain, you know, when you're in middle school and you tell that, that guy or girl that you had that crush on him, and you say, hey, would you want to go out? Would you want to be my date to the dance? And they just turn you down, you know. I've had that happen before. That's, that's pretty painful, one-sided love. For some of you, it's more like friendships. Maybe you've had um, this person you met, and you're like, oh, they're so cool, and we just hit it off, and you try to initiate and hang out and hang out and hang out, and it's just, it's one-sided. They never seem to want to hang out with you. For others of you, it maybe even the most painful um, expression of this is maybe there's a family member, maybe your father or your mother or a sibling that you loved so deeply and you tried to connect with them. You wanted to build that relationship. And yet, they were distanced, cold. They didn't reciprocate. And think about how you feel in those moments. Think about how Laurie felt in that moment, right? You might feel worthless. You feel lonely. Maybe even abandoned, depending on the relationship. And, and I know for myself, when I'm in those moments, I start to think, like, what's wrong with me? What is it about me that they don't want to love me back the way that I love them? One-sided love. It's very painful. And the Bible is actually full of relationships like this. And today, we're going to open up the Word of God to 2 Corinthians. If you've got a Bible, go ahead and grab that. And we're going to see what God wants to teach us through a one-sided relationship. So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. If you've got a copy of the scriptures on your app or paper copy. If you don't have a Bible, it's all good. Uh, The verses are going to be on the screen. Before we jump into something new that we're going to learn today, uh, I'm going to give you guys opportunity to share what you did with what we learned last week. So not everybody was here last week. Um, We did a one-off Mother's Day message uh, from Proverbs 31, where King Lemuel's mother gave him some wisdom. And to just boil it all down, she said, uh, avoid sexual immorality, avoid being intoxicated, and seek justice. And so that was wisdom from a mom to her son that, that God wanted us to lean into last week. And so if you were here last week, I'm going to give you 30 seconds, just turn to somebody near you and share how did you obey God or who did you share with in the past week. If you weren't here last week, that's cool, just Share some step of faith that you took in the past week. Just share some way that you've lived out your faith and obeyed God. Or just share, here's a person I had a conversation with and maybe I prayed with, maybe whatever. 30 seconds. Ready? Go.
All right, thanks for sharing. So, like we've been doing the last couple of weeks, I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to just share so we can celebrate our obedience together. So, raise your hand if you want to share something, how you obeyed or who you shared with this past week. Go ahead and raise your hand. Meg, all right, go for it. This was how it was the first service, and then like four people shared, and it was all really great. So I have high expectations for you guys. All right, Meg, um, what, what would you like to share? Prayed with the trainer. Awesome. That's great. What else? How'd you obey? Who'd you share with? Yes. Mm. Extended forgiveness to a coworker. That's awesome. So good. Spoke truth to a coworker. It's good. What else? Yep. That's awesome. So shared a resource that stimulated faith conversation with her son. That's awesome. That's great. That's great. What else? Anybody else? Invited a friend to church. Let's go. So awesome. Josiah, what, what grade are you in? Sixth grade. That's awesome, man. So cool. So powerful. Anybody else? Prayed with a family member. That's awesome. Good. Awesome. Anybody else? 
Okay, I'll share mine, keep myself accountable. Um, last week, one of the points that King Lemuel's mother mentioned was seek justice. So I didn't have a, you know, some big grand thing to do, but I was just like, you know what, there's a guy that is on the street corner where we live, and I'm going to go get Chick-fil-A, bring it to him, uh, brought him the food, prayed with him. His name's Nate. And it was really cool. At the end of the prayer, I said amen, and he said, he was like, thanks, man. Prayer is the most powerful weapon on earth. I was like, yeah, and just drove off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that was my small step of faith for seeking justice for somebody in need. Awesome. Thank you all for sharing. Man, I'm so encouraged by that. Man, praise God. I actually, ah, man, I wish I would have shared this in the first service. Um, this just came to me that um, there's a guy who's coaching me. He's an 80-year-old giant in the faith. His name's Bill. And uh, Bill said, I was telling him about what you guys are doing. And he said, Preston, he said, if y'all keep doing what you're doing and people are sharing how they're obeying and who they're sharing with, he said, there's going to be so many hands raised that you won't recognize all of them. And he was just really encouraged by hearing y'all stepping out in faith. So that got me fired up. All right, let's get into the passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. So what are we going to learn about one-sided relationships? Let's find out. Here we go. Starting in verse 3. This is the word of the Lord. We are not giving anyone an occasion for offense so that the ministry will not be blamed. So the Apostle Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, and he says, look, man, we're not going to give anyone an occasion for offense, meaning we're not going to put a stumbling block in somebody's path. We're not going to put an obstacle in somebody's way. Why? So the ministry won't be blamed. So Paul did not want anyone to have an opportunity to discredit or to call into question the motives or the approach of their ministry. He wanted people to trust and follow Jesus. So he didn't want to do that. Well, what did he do then? Verse 4, instead, as God's ministers, we commend ourselves. So we don't give occasion for offense. We commend ourselves in everything. Buckle in. Here we go. By great endurance, by afflictions, by hardships, by difficulties, by beatings, by imprisonments, by riots, by labors, by sleepless nights, by times of hunger, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, through weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, through glory and dishonor, through slander and good report, regarded as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet recognized, as dying yet see we live, as being disciplined yet not killed, as grieving yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet enriching many, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. So Paul says, we don't want to give anybody an occasion for offense to blame the ministry. So what we do is we commend ourselves in everything. So what Paul was saying is, it's not just that we want to avoid doing things that will cause people to blame us. We want to behave in such a way that people praise us. That's what he means by commendable, commended. Their behavior and their actions were so godly and respectful to God and to the people they ministered to that the people are like, man, this is awesome. And so Paul then goes on to demonstrate, like literally in everything, he wanted to be above reproach and be commendable. And so he lists 28 different things. I'm like out of breath reading that, right? It's a lot. 
And so every single thing that Paul and the ministers that he worked with did, they wanted to be commendable. So Paul starts out there talking about their actions and their ministry, kind of laying a foundation. Now he's going to lay out the problem that's going on with the church. Verse 11. We have spoken openly to you, Corinthians. Our heart has been opened wide. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. So Paul said, look, we've had open communication with you guys. We've talked. We've been honest. We're willing to listen. And more than that, we've opened our hearts to you. We love you. We care about you deeply. The problem isn't with Paul and the ministry team. Paul said the problem is with the church, that the church in Corinth withheld their affection, withheld their feelings of love and care for Paul and this ministry team. Think about this. Not only did Laurie experience one-sided love, not only have you and I experienced one-sided love, the apostle Paul experienced one-sided love. Have you ever thought about it like that? This guy who left his home, went to a new city, Corinth, preached the gospel publicly, takes a lot of boldness, baptized people, made disciples, started this church that he's writing to. And he did it in the midst of persecution, sleepless nights, all of these hardships. And there were people in that church who said, ah, Paul's not a real apostle. Ah, Paul, Paul really doesn't care about you guys. He's just trying to get your money. When he's asking to take the offering to Jerusalem, he just cares about your money. Think about that. Like, if there ever <laughs> was a church that should have totally loved its minister, it should have been the church in Corinth loving Paul. This, it's funny to me, I just realized, I'm like, okay, well, if, if even Paul didn't receive love from the church that he led, whoo, man, people in ministry, we got a hard calling, right? It's tough. So... Paul experienced one side of love, but then he, he challenges the church. Verse 13, I speak as to my children as a proper response. Open your heart to us. Open your heart to us. So Paul is pleading with the church in Corinth, and he says, man, we love you guys. Would you love us? Would you reciprocate? Can we have this kind of relationship where we love one another? And so church, here's here's what I believe God has demonstrated that he wanted then, and it's true for what he wants now, and it's this. God wanted the ministers and the church to love one another. God today wants, when it comes to New Life Christian Church and every church, he wants the ministers and the church to love one another. He doesn't want either side to withhold affection. He wants us to love each other. So here's... The one thing that we need to do in response to this message, and it's this, let's open our hearts to one another. Let's open our hearts to one another. Ministry team, Carrie, Micah, Stephanie, myself, are our hearts really open for the people in this room? Do we really demonstrate how much we love these people? Church, do you guys really love the ministry team? Do you really care about us? Appreciate us? Um, I, as I'm reading this passage, just started to feel grateful. Because what I realized as I'm reading this is I'm thinking, man, I feel like I got it better than Paul did. 
I feel like you guys are a church that's opened your heart to me and to our ministry team. So I love that the Word of God just tees these things up, you know, where I get to say something like this. But I want you guys to know I appreciate you. I appreciate and I love you guys and I'm thankful for you guys. Specifically, a couple of reasons. I, I love you and I'm, I'm thankful for you because when Meg, my wife, just lost her grandmother, you guys texted and called us and checked in and said, hey, how's, how's Meg doing? Uh, as we just moved apartment complexes for like two weeks, there was guys bringing meals to us and taking care of us. Um, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, when I think about uh, you guys being patient and understanding with a 30-year-old first-time pastor who's making mistakes and learning and trying to figure things out, thank you guys for that. Thank you for putting up with my, you know, attempts to do something innovative to be more honoring to God. Like, hey, turn to your partner and share. How'd you obey in the last week? Who'd you share with? Never been in a church that's done that, I'm sure. So thank you for putting up with that stuff. Thank you for doing the different types of prayer that we've done. We think, oh, I don't like praying out loud, but you know what? Maybe I could stretch and grow. Maybe this is going to help me. And you step out in faith. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for opening your heart to me and my wife. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and I hope that, I know we haven't done it perfectly, but I hope that we as a ministry team demonstrate that we love you guys. Because that's, that's why we do the things we do. That's why we celebrate people who volunteer. That's why we pray with you when you're down. That's why we visit you in the hospital when you're sick or we're with you on the big day when your son gets married. We love you guys. That's why we do all this stuff is because we love you and care about you. And I get to speak a lot of weeks, so I get to say this kind of stuff, but I thought, you know what? I want the rest of the ministry team to come up and share how they feel about you. So, Ministry team, come on up. Awesome. So Carrie is in kid zone. So I want to read Carrie's really quick, and then I'm going to uh, let Stephanie and Micah share. So here's what Carrie said. So Carrie's the, our kid zone minister. She said, David and I, that's her husband, David and I had only been attending for a few months when I had the twins. My first experience with the church loving on me was when multiple fam families signed up to bring us meals, even though they barely knew us. Second thing she said, last year when my dad passed away, I received a lot of support and love from the church body. Also, Brett and Pat helped me find coverage so I could spend two months with my family in Florida. And number three, I love watching the friendships develop between my twins and the kids at New Life. It warms my heart to see them excited to see each other and wanting to stay for two services. Recently, Eden's Kids Zone friends cheered her on during her gymnastics competition. So that was from Carrie, and that's just her way of saying that she loves you guys. So I want y'all to come on up, share what you want to say. All right, so I have three areas that um, I feel loved by New Life and, you know, reciprocated. Number one is learning about the word, not just through the people on stage, but by each other and like through our life groups. Um, and that's something that was new for me as a Christian when I first started here. I didn't know much, and so that was empowering. Um, number two, I put people. Um, I joined New Life because my neighbors were moving and they broke their collarbone that weekend, the dad did. And I was helping them move, and everyone there was from the church. 
And I was like, wow, what a powerful movement of people not just sitting there on Sundays, but walking the walk in their everyday life. And so I was like, I really wanted to be a part of that community. So that kind of started us coming here. Um, and just people Sunday mornings, like even just praying for me or, you know, greeting me and smiling. It's just, it's heartwarming. And then I put my family of how people um, pour into my son and my husband and greeting them by name and inviting them to like the men's ministry or acting as Jesus would to my son and pouring that into him is, um, is so powerful. And so I thank you all for being a part of that family. I love you all. And uh, thank you for letting me walk with you. <laughs> this says a lot about our personalities. They had theirs all written out. Preston tapped me on the shoulder during setup and was like, are you good to still come up and talk? I was like, sure. And then I went back and reread our text messages to see what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, my family moved here in uh, July. And uh, ever since um, we've come to Linton Hall, um, we've just felt like a real part of the family. And one specific thing that has just stood out is um, our oldest, Jude, is four. Um, and when he was younger, he had some health issues and ended up going through a few surgeries and some chemo. And it was during the pandemic, so every time um, he left us and went with anyone else, it was a doctor doing something to him. And so for him, adjustments are really hard. But here, he asked during the week if he can go to church and if he can go to Kids Zone. Um, and that is something that we've really, like, longed for for him because he really struggles with leaving mom and dad. Um, so having that community where he can feel safe and he can feel accepted has been such an amazing gift for us. So. I got to say that real quick. Okay. We didn't do this in the first service, but uh, I actually went short today, so... I can do this and not worry about it. Uh, I wanted to give y'all a chance to say something to the ministry team. So please, please don't say everything about me. I know because like I speak, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to say something personal. But really like to Carrie, to Stephanie, to Micah, uh, if there is anything that y'all want to share, I'll just bring the mic real quick and love for, love for you to say something. Oh, okay, here we go. Might have to yell at me, get my attention. Uh, so, I'm leaving uh, this coming summer, and so... Upset church member. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that change, I've ex received feedback from members of the ministry team, especially Carrie, who, who were like, yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> and so, it's really just sweet to be able to know that they care about me on a personal level, and... They care about this church on a level of they want people here as much as they can be. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Anybody else? Okay. I'll work my way over here. Get my workout in for the day. Uh, this is for Carrie and Stephanie, but I'll start with Carrie first, um, and I'm going to try not to cry. Um, it takes a lot to love on kids that are not your own because sometimes, let's just be honest, kids can be annoying sometimes. And she just, <laughs> she shows that unconditional love and I don't feel like I show enough gratitude to her. So after this, I'm going to go find her, <laughs> find her and hug her. But um, it's just for somebody to be able to love on your kids. Um, 
regardless of having their own family and to just pour into them, and even, you know, in the, the family life group too, it's like that dedication to pouring out. It's such a great example um, to others to be like, I want to be like that when I grow up. You know, I want to be like like Carrie and her husband. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that's one thing. And then Stephanie, where is she? Is she up in here? Okay. Um, because I've been in ministry, I know what comes with the planning, the organizing, the setting up. And so, like, when I look at you, I see a lot of myself with, like, SMU and, like, and so I just want to tell you I'm so grateful because I know it takes a lot of um, mental energy and spiritual to be, like, on your game. And you do such an amazing job at, at putting everything together and still beaming, like, the light and the love. And so that does not go unnoticed, and it's really appreciated that you are here to welcome everybody with that, that love and light. That's so good. So good. Anybody else? I just want to thank all the husbands and wives behind those people that serve. Um, I know David is right there when Carrie needs help with things. He's, he's always there backing her up. Same with Stephanie. Same with Meg. Um, David. And who am I missing? Mike, I don't know your wife's name, but Sarah. thank you as well. <laughs> Sarah. So thank you for all of that, for the support to them. They couldn't do it without you. That's awesome. Anybody else? Okay, awesome. Thank you guys. Oh, we got one more. We got one more. I just have a funny story to share. So I think that Carrie has done such an amazing job of pouring into our students over the years. And Lydia, my oldest, is going to be graduating, wants to go into education. And I was watching her talk to a, a young child the other day, and I said, you're going to make such a great mom. And she's like, I know. <laughs> Do you know where you learned that from? And she goes, yeah, Miss Carrie. <laughs> And I, I think that's probably true. I mean, I, I like to think that I do a decent job, but Carrie has such an amazing heart for children, and if it weren't for her, I think a lot of these kids would be just lost and crying and sad. So she's great, and David, thank you for always being her rock, even though you failed as my rock this morning. Um, you guys will see why later. But thank you. Preston, you do a great job, too. I mean, I know you didn't want us to say anything about you, but you've been an amazing addition to our church, and I really appreciate all that you and Meg have brought to youth group because of your experience in campus ministry. You've been a great uh, leader for us as youth leaders, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, awesome. I'm going to pass this off real quick. All right, so if you're taking notes, there's uh, three things just practically. How do we do this? If we're really going to open our hearts to one another, like how do we do it practically? So there's three things in this passage I think would help us to be able to do what Paul did. So if you're taking notes, here's the first one, actions. If you're going to open your heart up, church, to the ministers, or if the ministers are going to open our hearts up to you, there's got to be actions. It can't just be talk. It can't just be warm fuzzies. Like we actually have to demonstrate through our behavior that we care about each other. We love one another. So if it is that bringing the meal or if it is that watching the dog or if it is that helping set up for an event or that f whatever it is, right, there's got to be some action we take to show one another, I love you, I care about you. Second thing is our words. So the first one, I should have said this, Paul was um, commended by his actions in all 28 of those things. So Paul's actions demonstrated to the church he loved them. But then Paul also said, we have spoken openly to you. 
So it was Paul's openness and communication, his use of words, that he was able to let the church know, hey, I love you, I'm for you. So what the ministry team just did to you guys and what you guys just did to the ministry team is an application of this passage. That is one way to obey. So next week you can share if you said something on the mic, you can say, hey, I said something nice last week. Um, But that, you just obeyed it. That's what we do when we read these scriptures and we see an imperative, open your hearts to us. You do that thing. How do you do it? Well, action's one way, words is another. So that's not a light thing. That's a a powerful thing. Um, We got to tell one another, hey, I love you, I care about you. Share a scripture with each other, encourage one another, whatever that looks like. And then the third thing is affections. So I think right now, because we live in a culture that's so feelings saturated, that a lot of times we're having to critique people's overemphasis on feelings. But the reality is that the Bible talks about feelings, and we need to bring our feelings uh, under the authority uh, and the lordship of Jesus. So feelings matter too. That's why in this passage, Paul said, the problem was not that we withheld our affection from you, ministers to the church. But he says, the problem is, church, you are withholding your affection from us. So our affection, we have to actually feel and care deeply about one another. So it's not just saying the things, it's not just doing the things, but really, in your heart, do you genuinely feel this way? Do you feel a brotherly, sisterly love each way? Do we feel that, that love in Christ that we share for one another. It's got to be all of that. Our actions show that we love each other, our words, and our affections. So I'm going to give you 30, 60 seconds. Go ahead, pull out your phone, a journal, piece of paper, something to write with. And I want you to answer three questions. What did you hear God saying to you? Not just me, but what did you hear God saying through this passage of Scripture? How are you going to obey What is a simple, practical, concrete step that you can take immediately? Uh, If you don't write it down, it's going to be harder to remember. Uh, At least I know that's true for me. So I'd encourage you, write down, I am going to do this, I'm going to say this, or I'm going to pray that God would cause me to feel this way. Whatever that step is for you. And then who could you share this with? Is there somebody's name that's coming to your mind? that you need to say, hey, you know, at church we were talking about this the other day, about church loving the ministers, ministers loving the church, and I just, I want to share this with you because it made a big impact. What do you think this could look like? Maybe it's something you talk about in your life group. So go ahead, write down, what's your plan to live this out?
Laurie experienced one-sided love. You and I have experienced one-sided love. The Apostle Paul experienced one-sided love. And yet there's one more person who experienced, well, there's, there's others, but there's one that is the most important. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus experienced one-sided love. Ever thought about this? That the God who created people in his image for a relationship that he loved, when he showed up, they rejected him. He came to his own. He came to his own Jewish people and his own rejected him. They even accused him of blasphemy. And they made up these lies saying that he was trying to start an insurrection to overthrow the Roman authorities that ruled their land at the time. He loved those people. Think about how much compassion and love Jesus had for every one of those people that betrayed him. And ultimately, he went to the cross because of those false charges, and he died. His blood was shed, experienced excruciating death. The word excruciating was created because of the type of death he endured on the cross. Horrible, painful death, taking on the sins of the world and the justice of God against those sins. Jesus was killed, he was buried, and his spirit descended to the dead. And on Sunday morning, when his disciples came to the tomb, the tomb was empty. We believe the historical fact, an event that happened, that God the Father raised Jesus bodily from the dead, that he was seen by many witnesses on multiple occasions, and then he ascended in front of them back to heaven where he is seated at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning as king now. And one day he'll return from heaven to earth to judge the living and the dead and to establish his eternal kingdom. And the good news is that for anybody here today, even if you've rejected Jesus at some time, because we all have, it's not just Jews 2,000 years ago, you, you rejected Jesus at some point in your life. Me, I did not reciprocate that kind of love. And yet God lavishes his grace upon people like you and me. You can know the love of God today. That's the kind of savior that we worship. So if you're not a follower of Jesus today, uh, I'm gonna be at the back. Chris Johnson and I'll be at the prayer banner. We'd love to pray with you. If you wanna put your faith in Jesus, um, we can baptize you today if you're ready. Um, but if that's you, turn away from your sins. Stop being the king of your life and say, Jesus, I trust you. Save me, change me. And if you do, he'll forgive your sins. Every wrong you've ever done. He'll give you the gift of the Holy Spirit and give you power to live a different life from within. And he'll give you the hope of eternal life. Even the worst thing that life can throw at you, death, it can only make your life better when you have faith in Jesus. So today, if that's you, go to the prayer banner. If you're already a Christian, again, by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit, let's open our hearts to one another. Let's be the kind of church and the kind of ministry team where we love one another. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher with a capital T. And so we want to hear and obey. We don't want to just be hearers of the word, but doers. So Lord, help us to open our hearts to one another. Help Help us by our actions, by our words, and by our affections, both church and ministry team, to love one another deeply. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.